Welcome to Reliability Matters, a podcast for the electronic assembly industry. Each episode covers topics related to reliability, best practices, and environmentally responsible assembly techniques with insights from experts across the electronic assembly industry. Now, here's your host, Mike Conrad. Matt Kelly, IPC. Welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Nice not, to see you again. Yeah, same here. There's not too many people who have made it twice on the show, so uh, usually we like to shake it up a little bit more. However, every year uh, there's an Apex uh, conference, and uh, so it seems it seems um, suitable to talk about Apex. Uh, so, uh, in, in the, probably one of the most overly used um, sayings, so this happened, <laughs> we're virtual this year. Uh, tell me about that. What, I know, there were, I know uh, IPC pushed off the show by a, a month or six weeks or so, hoping that um, you know, COVID, the COVID situation would be better and they could pull off a, a live event. Um, but I think the, the decision to go virtual is probably hard and easy all at the same time. You know, disappointing would be the, on the hard side and obvious that we're nowhere near, you know, going back to normal was probably on the easy side. So um, what was that like? I know you're deep in the technical side of IPC. So, you know, what was it like to have to kind of concede to the reality of, of uh, COVID and and be yet another virtual show? Well, the, the decision was actually not a decision for us, uh, for us to make. Uh, I mean, this was coming from the facility, the state of California, you know, the, the, the trade show uh, exhibition itself. So um, those types of decisions, uh, you know, were coming down upon us. Uh, we essentially got lucky last year. I, I remember flying to San Diego last year and I had a mask in my bag and, but I didn't, I didn't use it. And, you know, and then six weeks later, uh, we all know what happened. So um, in essence, it's, uh, you know, because of the length of time for this to, um, to resolve itself, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, now that it's a year old, everybody's been affected. So I guess you can consider it our turn. Um, in regards to the, the virtual versus live event, um, you know, we, we've all been at home for a long time. We'd all like this to, to be past us. But I think what I've also heard from the industry is, is, is a lot of uh, home office, uh, living room, kitchen table conversations, essentially, where people want to learn. Um, you know, you can you might be, I don't want to say bored. Uh, people are very busy, of course. But um, th- this is actually a really good opportunity where you can capture the, the attention uh, of an audience uh, without maybe some of the you know, the, the in-work distraction. So, you know, a couple of points to start off with. I think, um, you know, it's our turn and we, uh, we've embraced it. Yeah, I like the point that you made, it's our turn. IPC is fortunate in a way that of the scheduling, they were the last live show and not the first virtual show. So that probably has a lot of benefit because I think there are things to learn from uh, shows that have gone virtual before Apex. Uh, one of the things that I'm quite thankful for is, and pass it on to all those people who made these decisions uh, at IPC, I'm very uh, thankful there's no virtual booths. I, I like the fact that this is a technical event and not just a trade show sales event, because I think that as much as technology has progressed, the fact that you and I can be in 
you know, different countries, thousands of miles apart from each other, and still have this conversation. Somehow that technology has not made its way down to virtual trade show booths. And uh, I, I, I think that, you know, I applaud the shows that have tried to do that. I know they were trying to satisfy their exhibitors uh, and, and pull off something as close to normal as possible, but there's, there can't be anything less normal than a virtual trade show floor and a virtual booth and, and virtual you know, employees and attendees in those booths. So I'm glad that um, IPC decided to make this, uh, uh, to concentrate on the technical side. I think that's what drives people to a show anyway, is the technical conference and the show floor um, is, you know, it's got a different purpose. Uh, So um, let's talk about the technical conference. Uh, Let's start with the, the, um, uh, the keynote speakers. We have what I, I believe there's three keynotes. Am I right, Matt? Yes, that's right. We have uh, three on three separate days. So our first is uh, our president and CEO, John Mitchell. He'll be talking on Monday, March 8th at 1230 Central. All the times posted in the the brochure online, they're all marked as Central Time. That's important to know. Uh, John will be talking about Industry 2030, uh, the big ideas reshaping the electronics manufacturing industry. Uh, so it, it's really about, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Factory of the Future, but it, there, there's, there's, you know, geopolitical shifts, there's technological progress, uh, you know, we're on the cusp of, of dramatic change, uh, you know, with how work gets done and, and how uh, ecosystems are, uh, regional ecosystems are, are working together. So things like that, um, you know, really uh, kind of taking a, a broader picture of our electronics manufacturing industry. And then on, um, on Wednesday, uh, we're really excited. We have Travis Hessman. He's editor-in-chief at Industry Week. Um, and he will be talking, uh, this is a Factory of the Future keynote. Again, you're noticing a theme here. Uh, his presentation and keynote will be called The Great Digital Transformation. And he's going to be discussing uh, some insights and, and learnings from companies that have already taken the, the dive into transformation, how far along they are, uh, the good things and the bad things, and then you know, talking about very specific technologies like machine-to-machine systems, machine learning, artificial intelligence, you know, a lot of the, the buzzwords that we hear uh, every day, but uh, really you know, putting them to practice in companies. And that's at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, March 10th. And finally, uh, we have our, our very own uh, chief economist, uh, Sean Duberback. He'll be speaking on Thursday, March 11th at uh, 8.15 Central. And he'll be talking about the technology uh, industry in a post-pandemic world, again, with uh, political and economic um, topics uh, provided in there. So, so this, you know, as you can see from these keynotes, um, it's not just about technology, uh, about the hardware, about the, the process. It, it's, you know, it, it's, it's IPC's pillars where we're talking about advocacy, uh, we're talking about technology, uh, you know, just really trying to move the industry forward as a whole. So hopefully you can, uh, you can see that in the keynotes. Yeah, I, uh, to read a quote, I think you were quoted in a magazine. Uh, this is uh, Apex Reimagined, Reinvented and factory of the future focus. So clearly, and then I think he went on to say, moving beyond core technologies. So this is not gonna be a technical conference all about voiding and bottom terminated components. It's not gonna be 
72 presentations on the same subjects that we hear at most uh, technical conferences. It sounds like uh, you guys have changed it up a bit. I know there was a little bit of a, um, a buzz several months ago when I'll say the usual suspects would submit abstracts uh, for the show and not all of them, and they would normally be rubber stamped because they're the, they're the same people that, that speak at every show. And I, I know several of them, you know, probably got their feathers ruffled a little bit because um, not all of the usual suspect uh, abstracts were accepted this year. And, and I think now it seems obvious what, what the motivation behind that was. It was because um, you guys were changing the focus of, of the show. So it, it sounds like it's not just, uh, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, it is something uh, new. And uh, is, am I, is that the reason why that, you know, some people thought that, um, you know, IPC is not interested in their, in, their converse, in, their, in their topic? It's not that they're not interested. I think you made a point in your interview that it's not that you're not interested in the core technologies. Those are very important. But I think you want to turn this show into something that uh, it hasn't been uh, focused on uh, in the past, which is factory of the future and, and uh, 2030 and, and things like you'd already mentioned. Is that right? Yeah, as you're describing that, I'm smiling because my my I'm envisioning my phone ringing uh, and with these conversations because it did ring. Uh, you know, why was I not accepted in, in those types of conversations? And and I had very um, you know, and, and a lot of people you know, they're stalwarts in the industry. We know we know the type of work they do, and it's absolutely critical. Um, the trouble is, just like with any show, um, you know, there's only so much time, and you have to decide what you're going to focus on and. Um, so it's not that the core, uh, let me address the core versus new first. So the, the, the idea, this is not just for Apex, this is for IPC in general, the core strategy is that, um, you know, if you, if you look at the last 20 years, um, you know, and I've had questions on, you know, well, why, why are uh, we not able to draw presentations like we used to, or, you know, why is, why is the submission rate down in particular areas? And my answer is because we've published the daylights out of it for for a good chunk of time now and so there's there really it's a lot of me too type of work and so um what we want to do with the core technology is is we are not abandoning it i mean we still make you know electronic hardware assembly we still need solder we still need assembly processes but um there's a lot more out there in coming uh from an operations standpoint so again, with my, you know, me new uh, coming into IPC is I'm, I'm bringing in this operations and product focus view of technology. So in terms of the, the, the core technology, um, we, we absolutely have room for that. And, uh, but we want to focus on the new things, the new advancements within that. And a really good example is within our PCB track. You'll see a lot of content on Microvia HDI technologies. Uh, signal integrity, those types of things. There's a lot of new stuff happening in there. High-speed networks, 5G, that's the stuff we want to talk about. Uh, do we necessarily need to talk about, um, you know, surface finish? Again, not that these are not important topics. They're absolutely important. But if they're if it's uh, kind of regular, already reported type of information, we're really urging the industry to think outside the box in their area so that they can come to uh, a show or to uh, the the, uh, the community with, you know, uh, new uh, other data streams of how they're generating 
uh, you know, their their quality insights or you know, just something new about it. But that, that's really why we're trying to push so hard. So yeah, my my phone rang, but after I had these conversations with with these people, they understood it, and I and I hope that you know when we when we look back um, kind of after the show here, that um, that members, participants, the industry in general. We're really trying to move the needle forward here. We do not use rinse, uh, uh, wash, rinse, and repeat, and uh, I, that just that's just not what what we're trying to do here. So yeah, um, building on the core and then moving, you know, into some new areas which we can talk about further. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I think you're planning also on talking about or uh, updating uh, 2591 IPC 2591. Uh, tell my audience what 2591 is and what its progress is. IPC 2591 is uh, IPC's uh, Connected Factory Exchange uh, protocol. Uh, this is if, just a little bit of history. We're, we're at about the five-year mark now. So um, for those that were involved, um, you know, very first meetings uh, in Las Vegas, I believe, um, talking about the need for an industry standard so that, uh, you know, data can flow from the shop floor. So we, we've come... Uh, Quite a ways from that, we have uh, an industry-approved and adopted standard. We are about to release revision three of that. Essentially, the the core and the shell of the of the architecture is there, and we're building content. Uh, we're we're adding messaging. Uh, we're looking at different areas in the processes to expand. So. Uh, We've basically got the shell, if you want to think of it that way, and now we're we're really getting into the implementation. Um, the the standard started within uh, what we would call classical SMT assembly processes, so you can start at the screen printer and, and go down the line. Uh, but what we're doing right now is we're actually looking to expand that. There's a lot of really uh, interesting technologies with uh, point of contact type of devices. So these are things like AGVs coming to a line. Uh, there's a lot of work being done right now in the back end of line, so for mechanical automation, uh, in, uh, in um, circuit test, functional test, uh, those types of, you, know, you can imagine all the manual processes. So there's a lot of work going on right now with the standard. Uh, it's still developing, and in terms of the, um, the, the focus moving forward for the group, it, it's all about implementation. So we're, we're kind of at the point where, where you know, the paper is good, uh, it works. Uh, we've got agreement, and now it's it's transitioning uh, onto the shop floor, and and making you know making it come alive, if you will. So that, that's really where you know the standard and and the the um, the initiative for CFX really is right now for the industry. Very good. And speaking of standards, normally in a in a real world, you know, when when there's no COVID and we can actually go on airplanes and and shake hands with people, uh, we have standards meetings at. Apex. So, what's what's the status of standards meetings? Are they are they still going forward? Or obviously, if they are, they're, they'll be in a virtual format. Um, what's uh, what's the status of that? That's right. You talked about benefits of virtual. There, here's another one uh, where uh, the committee meetings will not be in direct competition time wise with the conference. So, we have committee meetings scheduled virtually. Uh, you know, separate groups. Uh, starting at the end of February and carrying all the way through to the end of March. Uh, again, avoiding the, the conflicts with the, the conference uh, week. So it, it's a really nice uh, way for 
uh, people that may normally have to decide to, to spend their time in a committee meeting versus the technical conference to, again, enjoy both and, and to learn uh, at the conference as well as participate at the, at the committee meetings. Yeah, excellent. Um, the, um, the technical sessions are not live, right? They are recorded or, and well, first of all, before I ask the next question, let me just confirm that the technical sessions are recorded. Is that right? Yeah, that they're pre-recorded, but the speakers will be in the session ready for live Q and A at the end. It, oh. It's really to avoid uh, technical gotchas, you know, during oh, yeah. the live session. Oh, I get it. Uh, that's when we produce virtual events, we do the same thing. Nothing, it looks live, but nothing is live because when it's live, you're just inviting, you're inviting technical drama to come in. Um, but I do like that hybrid approach. I do like the idea of having it recorded that, that guarantees a smooth presentation uh, and takes away a lot of the variables and the hybrid side, having a speaker there to answer questions. So that's kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, how, long will that content be available for you know clearly the advantage of an on-demand is you can watch it whenever you want you can watch it at you know 2 30 in the morning if you have insomnia um, but if you want to watch it again uh, how long is that content good for 90 days uh, from the beginning of the event okay so um it, it's important that we say that because you know 90 days from when you know there's, there's people kind of coming in at different times so but what's neat is that um, you know, we encourage, uh, you know, you to attend the live show, but, you know, there's only so much you can absorb, even if you want to learn it all and know it all, there's only so much you can take in. So you've got 90 days that puts you uh, into the first or first week and a half into June. Uh, so you can really, you know, consume all that content. The other really interesting thing that I just want to bring up is, uh, is geo. So a lot of times, you know, people are, you know, travel constraints, the farther away, the bigger the trip, the more expensive, those types of things. But essentially, uh, attendees uh, can be in a 13-hour time zone away and still participate in this. Now, you know, yes, you're not logging in, you know, live during that show, but because uh, you know these are all recorded, including keynotes, uh, you know, you, you can be, you know, having access to this content no matter where you are in the world. So, you know, another benefit of, you know, there's always pros and cons. I would want to be back at the live show as soon as we possibly can, but um, you know. It, if you think about it, there, there's some really, really nice things coming out of this as well. Yeah, I can almost see a model moving forward when the world returns to normal, whatever that looks like. Um, I, I think the genie's out of the bottle uh, to a certain degree, and and the the benefits of virtual. Uh, there's certainly drawbacks of virtual, but there are certainly measurable benefits for virtual. And I see shows moving forward maybe having a hybrid virtual component to it where maybe there are live sessions that are also recorded on site and made available. Uh, I think that is uh, one of the dilemmas I always have is I have a, you know, a, a very peculiar interest list and topics and, and quite commonly um, I have a choice as I'm walking down that, that uh, conference center aisle, do I go in room number one or room number two? Uh, both presenters I want to hear and, and they're happening at the same time. So you have to, you know, start paring down, you know, which one do you want to see more than the other? So I, I hopefully there'll be an opportunity for shows to embrace the concept of, of live where there's the benefit of social interaction and Q, live Q and a and 
also have it recorded so that the you know one can uh, can fly out to San Diego or Anaheim or wherever the show is going to be that year, experience the event, and then catch a virtual version of the ones they could not see because of of scheduling conflicts. I think that would be a good takeaway from everything we're learning right now. So I, I looked through the professional development courses that are being offered and the technical sessions, and there's a lot. There's an awful lot to choose from. Uh, so I just did a, a quick search, and uh, from the, the ones I plan on attending, uh, not that that would mean my audience is planning on attending, but because this show is all about reliability, I'm really looking for things that are reliability-centric. So I, I, I kind of dig the, uh, the professional development course. One, uh, reflow soldering processes and influence on defects, an in-depth look. Um, so, you know, they, they say everything that goes wrong with the board starts at the print process, and the print process and the reflow process are, are, are kindred spirits. So uh, I think that would be a very interesting course. Um, I also like the um, uh, the one on uh, March 8th, which is uh, professional development course number two, design and assembly process challenges for bottom terminated components such as QFNs. Uh, Ray Prasad is teaching that. Uh, BTCs in my business, in the cleaning business, BTCs are probably the greatest thing for our, for our business because they, between voiding, which, which traps a lot of flux underneath and um, and the fact that uh, electrochemical migration issues tend to are be exacerbated uh, by low standoff components, uh, highly densely populated low standoff components. BTCs are the poster child for that. So, um, so I, I think that is going to be a very good presentation as well. I, I also um, am very interested in the preventing manufacturing defects and product failure uh, course by uh, my friend and colleague Jenny Huang. Uh, that I think that will be an extremely interesting course on the subject of reliability. Also, uh, professional development course number six, design for excellence, DFM, design manufacturing, DFR, DFA, a lot of DFs here, um, uh, DFF. Uh, Dale Lee from uh, Plexus uh, will be teaching that. And uh, on March 9th, uh, professional development course number 15, which is PCB quality metrics that drive reliability, uh, that uh, is being taught by Banu Sud. Hopefully I'm not slaughtering his name uh, too badly. Uh, he's from uh, NASA Goddard uh, Flight Center. And I had an opportunity to speak at NASA Goddard Flight Center. That's an amazing facility. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been there, Matt, but it's an absolutely amazing facility. Um, and then um, probably my all-time favorite, um, my friend and colleague Doug Pauls is teaching a course on the new IPC uh, J standard 001, specifically Section 8, which completely revamped cleanliness quantification standards. And, you know, that really fell hard onto our industry. And I think um, that's worth going to because uh, one phrase that Doug doesn't like a whole lot is when someone asks a question, uh, when the answer is, it depends. And... Um, the answer to uh, the question, how clean is clean enough, from IPC is now officially, well, it depends. You do the testing, you do the research, you come up with objective evidence, and then you tell us how clean is clean for you. So uh, he, uh, he and his team, what he calls his rhino team, uh, developed this new uh, amendment to the J standard, and it's been out now for a couple of years, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. And it was um, long needed 
the old cleanliness standards uh, were designed in the 70s, and, and I think they were the result of, you know, throwing a deck of cards in the air and seeing what numbers fall on the ground. <laughs> they, I, I think they were uh, not um, very applicable to a lot of different applications. So this was a, a well-needed uh, rewrite and reboot of the cleanliness standards, and he's teaching that course on uh, March 11th. Well worth it. And then on some of the technical sessions, we have uh, PCBA uh, quality reliability and AI-based inspection. That really is interesting, particularly the AI-based inspection. Uh, we also have um, a whole uh, track on automotive electronics. That is extremely exciting to me because uh, automotive seems to be the poster child for when things go wrong, bad things happen, right? So uh, the reliability of um, electronics and automotive is, is huge, uh, particularly with the increasing pace of electrification of automobiles um, things just can't go wrong and it's funny the you know the auto industry used to be a mechanical industry with a few electronic components uh, it's very much now an an electronic industry with some mechanical parts and uh, it, it's definitely changed its focus uh, and i know the automotive industry uh is has their own standards and IPC is working with the auto industry to harmonize some standards as well. Um, IPC's done a lot of work and have, have been building electronics for a long time, so I know the automotive industry can benefit from that. So I'm, I'm very interested to hear what they have to say. Uh, and I know there's many other um, technical sessions as well. I, I think there's about 70 or so. Is that a, a, about the right number? Yeah. Um just touching a little bit on that, uh, back to your earlier question as well, when we had to turn abstracts away, uh, we have a, a full, a fully built three track conference. Um, this year we had to turn over a third of abstracts away, if you can believe it. Um, and that comes from the strong demand from, from areas like automotive, but also from largely from our factory of the future uh, track. So yeah, lots of really good content. Um, one thing also I'll mention is um, the uh, what we, we talked about the core earlier, um, and not abandoning the core instead of we're building on top of it. Um, so what you'll notice, uh, attendees will, will will get a chance to spend more time in the core technologies in the PD sessions. So you can learn from the instructor uh, longer uh, time in the course, uh, deeper dives into the topic. So. A lot of that core technology, if, if you look at the program as a whole, is coming from the PD sessions. Um, when you look at the new stuff that we're uh, bringing forward, you will notice that, you know, with Factory the Future track and some of these other new technologies, it's coming through a little bit more in the actual technical conference itself. So when, when you look at Apex as a whole, uh, attending PD and the technical conferences, you've got the, the, the core plus the new. Yeah. It, when I read your quote about um, kind of skipping away from the core technology and going more into um, factory of the future and, and things like that. And then I, I read that and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then when I looked at the, uh, at the abstracts and the, and the uh, professional development course content, I'm like, no, there's a lot of core still in there. It's, it's just emphasized differently. And and if you're going to get into the core, it's really hard to get into core subjects in a 25-minute presentation, you know, which is a traditional uh, time allotment. Uh, it's, I, I think a lot of the core stuff belongs in the 
three hour or so professional development course. That's when you can kind of dig deep into the weeds. It's just hard to get, you know, by the time you get your shovel out the, in a normal session, the subject's over, right? So I like the idea of, of bringing in the, the, the real experts and, and diving deep and having the time to dive deep. That's where I think core technology is, is uh, it should be placed anyway. So I, I think that's a good well, move. If you look at the attendees as well, Mike, the, you know, the, the atten- who, who signs up for what? I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the attendance of PD courses, they might be new to the industry. It might be a new area or a new assignment. So they're, they're really, really truly learning about that, that element. Uh, people that are going into a technical conference, uh, a lot of them know their stuff and, and they can assess a presentation in five minutes. So um, really making sure we're addressing the right audiences as well. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Any other, um, any other show-related news that uh, my audience should hear about? Yeah, well, I want to just um, talk, talk a little bit about Mike about the um, about you know where this information is coming from. So you know, I'm, I'm assuming people are you know looking at the program and, and deciding on their own if it's good or not, and if it's new or not, and you know who's who's uh, coming forward this year with with the material. And you know, when we talked last time on on uh, your your podcast, we talked about IPC integrating with uh, industry work groups more. And you know that has not stopped its core to our, our mission moving forward. And so what you'll see in the program too is that um, you know we've partnered very significantly with you know some some partners we've we've um, uh, worked with for, for many years like INEMI and HDP for example. They both have sessions on uh, noteworthy topics like uh, 5G and and a couple of different reliability uh, topics. But we also have uh, newer partners which. Uh, uh, you know, some may not be uh, familiar with. For example, MTC. This is the Manufacturing Technology Center out of England in the UK. Uh, they are doing some phenomenal things with Factory of the Future. And this is not about presentations and slideware. This is about uh, actual running equipment with software and data flowing. So there's just some really neat things, uh, just showing how far ahead uh, Europe and you know some of the other geographies are uh, with this. Uh, we also have PSMA, uh, the Power uh, Source Manufacturers Association. Uh, so we have um, um, we have a, a course that's uh, brand new uh, that uh, we'll be talking about uh, uh, electronic power design. Uh, but we also have a session uh, led by uh, Mike Hayes and the team uh, from Tyndall in, in Ireland uh where we're talking about really cool things like energy harvesting for sensors you can imagine you know i kind of saw this really funny little article where uh you know with all these you know the billions of sensors we created a new job and it's the it's the person going around and replacing all the batteries in these sensors you know all day long and that's kind of humorous when you think about it so you can't you need to power these things and you know vibration off of equipment and and having uh self-generating power for sensors is, is another area so um uh, the last one I'll mention is a FOA. This is um, our, our e-textiles initiative, uh, which uh, my colleague Chris Jorgensen leads. And this is about embedding electronics in fabrics and, and thinking about those types of uh, challenges as well. So when you add it all up, uh, MTC, PSMA, INEMI, HDP, and a FOA, you know, this is where the, uh, the work is being done at a, at a work group level, industry-wide, and you know, we're, we're basically bringing that into the show. Well, that's excellent. There's a lot going on. 
And it's going to be very interesting. There, there are uh, you know, two obvious uh, changes this year. One is the virtual format, and one is the focus. So there, there's a lot going on. This is a, a different apex than in years past, and in more ways than just uh, the fact that people will be looking at a screen rather than um, sitting on United Airlines and, and you know, getting $20 hot dogs and things like that. <laughs> so um, yeah. it, it's going to be a different experience. And hopefully uh, th- there'll be more takeaways. Obviously, we know what we're not going to do. We're not going to have the face-to-face. We're not going to have the technical conversations over a drink at a bar. Uh, however, uh, I think there are plenty of other benefits associated with any trade show that goes virtual, particularly uh, the ones that we mentioned, the fact that the conference is available for three months, the fact that it's, uh, you can watch something. If you didn't quite catch something, you could rewind it and hear it again, which is something that most speakers frown on when hands go up and go, can you repeat that over and over and over again? This can happen right. uh, without, uh, without shame. And, um, and it can be watched many times, and you don't have to uh, have a process of elimination. You don't have to figure out you know, what you want more than any other, and you, you can have it all. So I think, that, exactly. uh, I think that's going to be a benefit, and hopefully uh, the technical conference uh, will exceed uh, in registrations and, and access more than it would have had it been in a convention center. So I think that's certainly mm-hmm. possible. Um, so time will tell. Uh, Matt, yeah. I really appreciate you, you being here, and thanks for all the work you're doing at IPC. You've been there now for how you left IBM and you went to IPC, and how long have you been there now? One year, end of January. So, so you started who, at the perfect time, right at the beginning of a pandemic. So. Six weeks before the pandemic, and uh, who would have thought that was a good idea, but it certainly was. Yeah, well, you... IPC, the last IPC Apex Expo certainly did um, shut down the, the rest of the world. I mean, you guys were the last event, you know, to probably happen, the last large event to happen. I remember walking the aisles of the show, and it seemed fairly normal. There was a buzz, you know, there was a buzz about this virus. No one knew a whole lot about it. But um, I think one of the obvious things was, and it was a little, a little strange. Uh, to see, but most of the, many of the booths uh, from uh, Chinese manufacturers were empty because all of a sudden the U.S. clamped down on, on uh, people visiting from, from China. So that was kind of the first ominous look, uh, the first telltale sign that something's different this year. Um, but, um, but we were able to pull off a good show because uh, it was the very you know, 11th hour, but uh, at least we were able to do it. So um, I I wish you and the team at IPC all the best of luck. Break a leg, as they say. Uh, I don't know why people say that, but that seems to be the common thing to say when you're putting on a performance. So um, I appreciate uh, what you're doing at IPC, and I appreciate the staff behind the scenes that are pulling off uh, a virtual version of this event. I know it's not easy. I know there's a lot of last-minute changes that had to be made, and I'm sure that some people were ecstatic. They didn't have to travel, and some are deeply disappointed. They can't travel. Uh, but um, I think uh, the content of the technical session is, is uh, first rate, uh, and particularly the professional development courses, and I'm looking forward to participating. Mike, thanks for having me on. And just uh, if uh, your viewers and, and listeners are, are wondering where they can go, uh, just a quick uh, reminder. To register, you can visit ipcexpo.org. And uh, if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about uh, the Factory of the Future content, you can visit apexfuturefactory.ipc.org.
Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, and I'll look forward to seeing you again. Hopefully, hopefully face to face. But um, but this isn't half bad. But but hopefully face to face next time. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me, Mike. Well, that's another episode. Thanks for listening or watching the Reliability Matters podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Reliability Matters on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or virtually wherever you get your podcasts. A video version of this podcast is available on our Reliability Matters YouTube channel. Be sure and subscribe to that as well. A special thanks to Circuit Assembly Magazine's PCB Chat at pcbchat.com and Ascendo Reliability at reliability.fm for syndicating the show. Thanks for your questions and episode suggestions. Please keep them coming. Send comments to my email address, mike at mikeconrad.com. That's Conrad with a K. Once again, thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, and keep doing it right. Thanks for listening to the Reliability Matters podcast. Join us on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month for new episodes of Reliability Matters. Reliability Matters.